Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. All right, welcome in. Beamaz and Beamer, yet another morning with us. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I, you, you know, we were talking a lot about the Olympics yesterday. If there was ever any doubt that you can't keep anything uh, secret, you can't uh, stay away <laughs> from the spoilers, uh, let this, <laughs> I guess, show exactly what i mean it's unbelievable so simone biles um drops out of the uh, big team gymnastics right it's one of the things everyone uh, looks forward to she drops out and everyone knows about it instantly it is all over i mean it's pushed all over the internet it's pushed uh, to your phone and messages yep. you're hearing it you're seeing it on tv you got it on the radio if you're in front of any form of media you know this is going to happen yet still they refuse to show it on TV, even though they know it's gonna. You have to wait until eight o'clock to see it on TV. I mean, after hearing about it for twelve hours, is there anyone going to be left to watch this on TV later on in prime time? Yeah, I think their their form of thinking is outdated because I think they're thinking we talk about it all day. Everyone's going to want to watch what happened, but no, we know what happens. Yeah, I, I kind of have a good idea yeah. what's going to happen. I mean, it was incredible. It was actually my favorite event of the Olympics, watching them talk about something for half an hour, yet not show any of the video on TV. We saw video of people reacting to what they were seeing. on. <laughs> I mean, that was incredible. It is, I mean, it's definitely strange. And now we hear breaking news. Spoiler alert. I'll give everyone uh, two seconds to cover your ears. Okay, um, the Americans end up winning silver. In the event that you have to watch tonight. <laughs> yeah, uh, and now, but that's now the breaking news. We can't show you anything, but, I mean, that's the news that's all over the place. It's pushed to your phone again. You're seeing it all. I mean. It's so weird to talk about something that you ha- you have not seen, right? I mean, they are talking to you about something that you most people have not seen. I mean, if you go and you're watching it live on their streaming platform. I wish I was listening to this, right? Right. Because are they saying like, oh, just wait till you see. They have to be. (laughs) I'm I'm surprised the the Chiron says what it says and doesn't say, see what we're talking about tonight at 8 o'clock. Watch and uh, see what happens. I take issue with the winners were were the Russian Olympic Committee team. Yeah, they're at it again. The the Russians are banned, yet they're still allowed to win gold in these. So I say this doesn't count. USA, the true uh, gold medal winners. They should. Silver should be turned to gold. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, I, if, if the Russians are banned, they're banned. Don't, I don't uh, disagree. You don't let them win gold medals in the uh, Olympics. I, like least. we said yesterday, what what is what is stopping these current athletes from cheating? Because they'll find another way in four years to get in the Olympics just under a different flag. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really see any of that. Anyways, um, but th- this is all going on right now. You'll see it later at 8. Unless you're watching streaming or something like that. Two silver medals, by the way, um, in the last hour. The um, the one we're talking about and also the softball team falling to Japan. They get medal in Spoiler softball. Alert. Sorry about that. Spoiler alert. Um, so <laughs> how, do, how do we lose it? Softball. Didn't we always used to crush that one? That's why they took it out? Well, yeah. We won like eight gold medals in a row? That, that's right. Well, let me tell you, beautiful defensive play in the sixth inning. However, the offense, it was like a Mets game. The offense was not there. So this is what you've been doing. I always, <laughs> Hard at work. So I could tell you what's going on. <laughs> um, you know, some uh, Olympic excitement still ongoing. And, uh, you know, also we're, we're continuing to look at the, uh, the thing that I – Half the people are uh, sick of talking about it. Yes. Half the people want to do nothing but talk about it. But I think everybody is in some way concerned about it. And that is the uh, state of COVID across the country and here in Western New York, right? And, And by concerned about it, I don't necessarily mean concerned of coronavirus, concerned of COVID. I mean concerned about how this is going to impact your life, how all of the recent talk, whether or not you're invested in it, whether or not you want to uh, talk about it yourself uh, or you care to listen, I think there is some level of concern amongst just about everybody as to how this is going to impact your life going forward. That's the concern. Joe, I was thinking about this a little bit earlier. Still, the rule is, you know, and because we're talking about the Sabres, right, um, over the last weekend, you know, is Jack Eichel going to be on the team? They just had the first overall pick. It's going to be a new-look team. We were talking with Paul yesterday, and I, and I was thinking, you know, the it's still in effect, the rule, that, I mean, you can't have a full or hockey arena unless everyone is fully vaccinated. Uh, and that's still one of these rules. So, I mean, and that's coming up pretty soon. I mean, we saw the schedule come out last week and people are starting to think a little bit about going to these games. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of these restrictions that we've been talking about, they're just kind of bubbling under the surface. And, you know, what exactly is going to happen? And I, I want to ask you what our Relax Honda Buffalo web poll has been throughout the morning. How open are you? about your vaccination status. Are you very open? Is it a need to know? Is it a nobody needs to know? I'm two of those. Nobody needs to know, (laughs) but I'm very open about it. So no one gets on my case about it. I'm very open about it. I don't care if people know about it. No one does need to know about it, but I don't care. I've, I've said it from... April 20th, when I got my second shot, that I I got vaccinated for selfish reasons. I wanted to get back to normal. I didn't want anything stopping me. And that's been my stance for the last few months. I um, I like the way that, you, I mean, that, I think that kind of goes for a lot of people. I, I think you, you fall into that uh, boat. And I, I was trying to figure out 
where I fall into this. And I think there's a clear distinction to be made. And there's something that, you know, isn't asked on the web poll that I'm wondering if I'm alone in, if I'm, you know, uh, on the edge. I do think a lot of people feel like me. And there's no real good reason to have this viewpoint on it. Where I would say I fall under that first category where I'm open. I mean, I've said, you know, I've talked about getting the vaccine on this program, on the morning show plenty of times, right? Um, You know, if somebody asks, I I don't really care to, I mean, sure, you know, I'll I'll let you know whatever if you ask me. I, I don't really care. But then I think there's a distinction between that and for some reason I am very turned off and still I'm not with the idea of showing you know a vaccination card or having to show a certification or you know uploading something somewhere to prove to somebody for whatever reason yes that you've gotten the vaccine and and a lot of this is done i know a lot of people have had to uh, do this in the workplace uh, there's, of course, the talk about there was the talk about this for going into the stadium where that is not really talked about anymore for Bill's games this upcoming fall. I, it crosses some sort of line that I can't explain where it just feels wrong to me <laughs> to go that extra level and, and do that. Whereas, you know, I have no problem telling, you know, I. I'll tell people about any doctor visit. I, I, I mean, I go like once every 10 years. I, yeah. I'm, I, I don't really have that much of an issue sharing that information, generally right. speaking. But when it comes to like, well, we need you to take a picture of this and upload it. Or can you show me this card or download this app and do this at the door? That's when I start to go like, well, I mean, really? Do I need to be doing that? And I think part of the questions I have around that are the way some of this is being implemented. Uh, You look in New York City, where I I won't call the vaccination mandate because it's not. Um, I don't know how that is being thrown around, vaccine mandate. Very poorly worded. Um, I, I mean, I guess it's a vaccine mandate. They're mandating you get the vaccine or be tested once a week. But that sounds like a choice to me. That's yeah. um, nowhere close to a mandate. But, you know, regardless of that, they're talking about that as of September. Right. So between now and then, you're just walking around and what? Um, you, you don't need to prove anything. You can everyone can walk around without being asked about it. There's no uploading that's going on. Right. Uh, does COVID not appear in your workplace until September if you're in New York City. It's just the rules have never really seemed to... Never made sense. Exactly. They've never totally gone with what the... I mean, what the actual picture is. If you are concerned about the spread and the transmissibility of the new variant, then this is something that you put in place right now. Right. Right? I mean, if you are so concerned about it, then start testing everybody once a week or have them show vaccination status right now, not two months from now. I mean, two months from now. We could be talking about a different variant. Hey, well, you're going to work every single day, and, and somehow I'm supposed to believe that this is an emergency. I, you know, I, I'm just looking for a consistent, um, you know, way of dealing with well, I've this. I've given up on that. And something that 
is proportionate to what we're seeing right now, which I think we already have. I think what is in place right now is very proportionate to what we're seeing. And not what the governor said, not what Bill de Blasio said yesterday, uh, maybe not what the county executive said uh, is going to kind of change my way of thinking at that, where I think we are proportionately dealing with the problem. If you have not gotten a vaccine, you're being asked politely by a sign on a door to wear a mask. Right. Um, and, and then everyone is generally free to go about their business knowing very well everything that we've been through over the last year and a half and what the risks and rewards are. Uh, knowing very well that, and something we've talked about just the other day on this show, right, the two main questions when it comes to the Delta variant, is it more deadly? Is the science different with the vaccine where it doesn't work? I, the answer to those two questions is no. Right. Uh, more transmissible does not equal a worse off if you're getting it. So knowing all these things, I feel like we're at a proportionate area, but there seems to be now an increased push to return to some of these other things. We heard about uh, California, where there's a lot of counties re-instituting, uh, reintroducing their mask mandate. That includes uh, San Mateo County uh, in California. Uh, starting yesterday, all residents required to wear masks indoors despite 90% of their population being fully vaccinated. That's the entire population. That makes, that makes no sense. Right, 90% of the population being fully vaccinated. And they're talking about in that county, uh, 15 people hospitalized due to COVID. And of course, as goes there, as goes just about everywhere, um, I'm pretty sure all of them, I'm trying to find it inside this article, uh, have not gotten the vaccine. That's absurd. And yet now they're telling everybody, regardless of vaccination status, wear a mask indoors. We're reintroducing that mask mandate. And here in New York, a lawmaker in New York City saying that masks should be required again indoors all throughout the city, even for the fully vaccinated. That's Mark Levin, who's chairman of the city council's health committee. He's planning to ask the state health department to make the move this upcoming week so it could be hitting a little bit closer to home than california and my line of thinking is this and this goes back to something we talked extensively about on friday you cannot in the same sentence say fully vaccinated people need to wear a mask indoors because we're concerned about the spread of covid while also saying Please get vaccinated. It's how we're going to beat COVID. Yep. And that is exactly what's happening. The two statements are contradicting each other. So don't act surprised when you're not getting the end result after it. Right. You, all you're going to do is slow down what's already slow amongst the unvaccinated. You're going to just push those people further away from getting a vaccination. I don't understand how they don't see this. And it is... It's so absurd, and I'm going to tell you, Brian, I know this might sound ridiculous, but I'm I'm starting to fear that at 2 o'clock this afternoon, we are going to hear some of that language from the county executive. Uh, when I saw that tweet yesterday, that was my first thought, and I'm telling you, I, I don't fear the spread of COVID, as I've said two, two minutes ago, I am vaccinated. I don't fear that. I, I've done what I have to do. Um, I'll urge people to do what they uh, what they want to do, but it's their decision. But 
I fear that we are going to go back to how we were a few months ago, masking indoors, getting rid of certain indoor activities. That is my fear with all the discussion that's going on. And it's really not science driven. You know, you want to talk about what this was, what lockdowns were, what what the masking mandate was all about. And that was to to flatten the curve of hospitalizations. Well, here in New York State, we have not seen that spike in hospitalizations. So I don't understand all this negativity, all this fear, uh, this fear discussion from our elected officials, from people, from some doctors that work in government positions, by the way, Um, all this fearing when still the vaccine is doing its job. And it's that misinformation we talked about last week, calling things breakthrough cases. Frank Reich of the Indianapolis Colts does not have a breakthrough case. He tested positive and is asymptomatic. That means the vaccine is working. That's not a breakthrough case. That should not count as a breakthrough case with the vaccine. That is scaring people, and it is pushing people who are unvaccinated away from the vaccine. It's very irresponsible. I mean, I... (laughs) I think doctors would probably disagree with him, but I would go as far as to say is, well, maybe we should stop mandating a quarantine. And definitely more doctors, I think, are agreeing as I'm reading uh, kind of more and more of these every single week, these editorials of the testing of asymptomatic vaccinated people uh, needs to stop. And that is contributing to this, you know, what we're seeing a surge. We talk about cases and, uh, you know, when we have our conversations with Dr. Russo, cases maybe not so much what we need to be paying attention to exactly hospitalizations it's deaths you look at deaths i mean to call it a surge would be a complete overstatement because that line is still dripped down all the way to near the bottom here in new york state 100 percent. and there is also this the discussion on the vaccine where you have a group of people who are going to point to who are they going to point to cole beasley as being the problem right and the problem is more of a political issue uh than not you had uh, sarah huckabee sanders saying well we need to uh, get more people uh with the she called it the trump vaccine hoping that that's going to encourage some Republicans. and You saw the president do that over the weekend as well, right? talking about the vaccine. And now I think you'll have a lot of uh, level-headed people who support vaccination uh, kind of make a comment and say that, hey, anything that gets people vaccinated, I don't care what you call it. Right. <laughs> you, know, yeah. um, you know, that that'll work. Uh, but I do want to stop and say this is another area where you have to look at locally – Uh, what the picture is. And it goes to what the governor was saying yesterday. And when you're criticizing people who have not gotten vaccinated, I think if your discussion is online, who are you pointing the finger to? You're pointing the finger at people who supported Trump, Republicans. I mean, that seems to be the ongoing narrative. And in certain areas of the country, that's true. But it also goes to the other way. If you do an overlap of counties and zip codes that are most vaccinated to least vaccinated, the ones with the least amount of vaccination, there are a couple rural counties. But in Erie County, generally speaking, it's also the uh, areas and zip codes of Erie County and of the city of Buffalo that have the highest minority population. And not exactly are the uh, red voters that we see right. come out every November. 
So, I, again, if we're having this discussion and we see people pointing the fingers at a group of people that, I mean, locally, it's not really applying to, that maybe you want to double down your efforts into areas where the governor was talking about in some of these zip codes. I believe the one he pointed out was the 14225 yesterday, uh, Buffalo and areas of uh, Cheektowaga. I mean, these are the people you should be trying to reach. Right. Instead of screaming at Republicans on Twitter, I don't think that's doing uh, too much good. Just, uh, you know, to, to point well, that out there. And, and whoever it is that you are trying to get to get the vaccine numbers up, insulting them and um, and talking down to them, that's we talked about this a month ago, Brian. That's not going to get people to rush the vaccine. The same people they've been ignoring, I don't care which group they're going after, the same people they don't want to listen to, they're not going to all of a sudden go, oh, well, mm-hmm. now you made sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, uh, we spoke a lot to that on Friday. The approach has been the approach has been uh, bad from the start. Uh, I think uh, for a lot of people to uh, how politicized it's all become, how the messaging has been completely bungled, and apparently uh, we haven't really learned our lessons from a couple of months ago. But I, I do want to point that put that question out there. Our web poll this morning. You can answer eight zero three zero nine thirty on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board by giving us a call. I'm vaccination status. As we talk more and more about these vaccine mandates, I mean, what do you feel comfortable with? I'm interested to know. You can let us know this morning. It's Beamaz and Beamer. We're back after this. It's your chance. Six. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. For 49875, we are giving away two tickets. To see this guy, Luke Bryan, Saturday, August 14th, 2021 at the Darien Link Amphitheater, courtesy of Live Nation, caller number four at 644-9875. We'll see Luke Bryan, part of Live Nation's Return to Live with select concert tickets for 20 bucks. All in, visit livenation.com slash return to live for details. Pretty cool, uh way to get back to some of these concerts i can't wait to i've actually um you know there's been some events going on and i've been very busy over the you you know not to toot my own horn right you have had the busiest summer of anyone i know but it's hard to go out even though you that's all you want to do this year right you want to get out there and uh, do stuff so i've been kind of like almost saving my return to concerts for you know these big ones that i've had tickets for for over a year where it's going to be this like experience that you know so many people have returned to live music i guess i'm waiting just a a little bit longer 
to do that. And, you know, I'll still see some local bands or whatever, but I kind of mean like the full. Oh, yeah. The concert experience. A concert you know? experience. People on top of yes. each other. Yes. Kicked in the face and all of that stuff. There like, it is. That's what I'm looking. You want to be kicked to. back into local into a uh, concert right. venue. I, I want to be. Uh, <laughs> I want to feel it uh, when I get back there. But we're asking people uh, what our web poll was, um, and, and that is a Raylex Honda Buffalo web poll. How open are you about your vaccination status? And you know what? What's your feeling uh, on sharing that? Are you open? Do you not care? Uh, do you say no one needs to know? Are you very private about it? Or are you like me where I, I don't care who knows? I just, you know, I kind of draw a line when it comes to official documentation right. and, you know, being very strict on the matter, which I, for some reason, do. I kind of feel like I, I might not be alone. Uh, Aaron is in Toronto and you're on WBEN. How's it going, Aaron? Good. How are you doing? Hey, doing well. What's on your mind? You know what, as you were speaking, it made me think of that meme that's floating around. Uh, how do you know who's been vaccinated? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say that anybody who's been vaccinated is out there speaking their mind, but anyone who isn't is either reluctant or, like I had it out with one of my neighbors the other day saying, listen, I'm open to you guys telling you that I'm not vaccinated, but there's other people telling you that they are, and they're not. So it's it's gotten to a point where people are willing to lie just because they don't want to hear it from people. Also, Right now, all you need, you don't need to prove that you're vaccinated. You need just need to show paperwork. So what you're going to create is a black market of people with fake documents. And then for the people who are really vaccinated, they're going to know there's liars amongst them. And you're going to play a game of detective work on figuring out who the liar of the group is. So unless you're a person who's afraid of dying from COVID-19, I don't understand why you would be vaccinated. Any other incentive to me is an unhealthy one. And never have I taken a drug for another person. So when you tell me that I should take this drug, not for myself, but for other people, I balk at the idea. Aaron, Aaron, I just want to ask you one question before we let you go, and that is something that we touched on this with a caller the other week. But the incentives for vaccination, I have it in my mind that that, I mean, that would make people almost, especially at this point, maybe less likely to get vaccinated because, I mean, you don't want to be, if you're dug in to this point and you have this stance, I, you don't want to feel like you're being bribed into doing something that you're hesitant or you flat out don't want to do. I agree with you 100%. If I've already told you that my incentive should be my medical reasons, and don't get me wrong, everyone has a dollar amount. If you were to say, well, what about $10 million? Okay, give it to me now. But when you give it to me where I can enter into a draw to possibly win tickets to a concert, like that's a laughable incentive. Um, but to think that there isn't a dollar amount, is I think also naive. It's just it, it hasn't been presented to me and I'm sure others. But I would say that really it comes down to we're not talking about the vaccine. We're talking about different types of vaccines. We're talking about different mRNA versus adenovector viral. And the lack of transparency that the governments and the media, this totalitarian type narrative that everybody's pushing, is what creates even more reluctance from people like myself. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, Aaron, thank you. I, I do think that that, and listen, I, I, I haven't done extensive polling on this, and I, I actually don't even think this question's been asked in a lot of the polls that we've looked at, especially in our area, of these vaccination incentives. And this has been my thinking uh, of this because we did see, you know, we'll point to the, uh, what did they call it? A shot in a beer. Right. Yep. Where, oh, we'll get a beer if you get vaccinated. And there was a you know tremendous turnout for that. And I think the thinking behind that was like, oh, we saw this turnout. Like, look, this is we've convinced people 
to get vaccinated with just this little incentive or we did that. And I, I think that's the wrong way of looking at it. I, I don't think you convinced anybody. You maybe convinced people to get the vaccine at that certain place in time because there was something else uh, to get there. Maybe you convinced people to get it a week or two before they would have. But I, do you really think that a, a free beer or a free donut or something like that is convincing people to totally change their mind on the issue? Especially now that you, I mean, you can go anywhere. How many stores do you walk into where COVID vaccines are available? Walk-in appointments. You don't even have to make an appointment online. It's easy to get. You can get it if you want to. I mean, to think that minds are being changed on this at this point by simple incentives, I, I kind of think at this point they might be having the opposite effect. No, really. I mean, those incentives, I would say, Brian, more people went with the shot and beer program just because, oh, location, right? And that's when it was still you had to make an appointment. And now I can just go to the bar and I can get my COVID-19 vaccine. But now, I mean, I went shopping yesterday at two different stores. Mm -hmm. Both stores had no yeah. wait COVID-19 appointments at their pharmacy. Uh, so the, the vaccine is, is very available and your... The incentives for people, I think, are going to have to be something that they feel within themselves. I'm not sure a monetary uh, incentive is going to work with the remaining unvaccinated. Which is not to say that it's a stupid idea. Or right. it was. No. You know, if you want to get people uh, sooner rather than later. I mean, it's a good idea. I just think that we're maybe thinking of it the wrong way. That, I mean, exactly. you're not changing minds with it. You're, you're giving people a nudge to uh, get action uh, and, and go about and do it. But I don't think you're necessarily changing my, like I said, the biggest mind changer out there. And this is uh, what the polling has shown and what questionnaires have shown and what makes sense if you think about it. And it does not surprise me at all that what was the number we uh, said yesterday? 80% of people who are not vaccinated never plan to get the vaccine, right. uh, which, I mean, just go, of course, if it's available wherever and you haven't done it yet, I mean, you definitely have a strong feeling one way or another about it. Time will tell. I, time is the one thing. It's watching everyone around you. It's watching, you know, people who are close to you who have gotten the vaccine and seeing, you know, what, what was your experience like? These are the things, uh, you know, uh, like we said, kind of the, the gentle approach, the experience and the time and personal connections, much more so than a hammer over the head that's really going to change something. And, you know, something else he brought up of, People worrying of, you know, who's vaccinated, who's not, and who. And that's one of the things that gets brought up about the mask mandate all the time. And, well, you know, if we put masks on everybody, then you don't have to worry about who's vaccinated and who isn't, that everybody would be wearing a mask. And, you know, my response to that is still, given what the CDC told us mm -hmm. a, a month plus ago, given that uh, according to, you know, the doctors, the, the science behind the vaccine hasn't changed that it still protects you. Why do I have to worry about who is vaccinated and who isn't when I walk into one of these stores? And just talking about the uh, the science, there was a texter that said um, that you can still spread the disease if you're if you test positive and you're vaccinated. It is very unlikely, according to the CDC. This is from the CDC's website. Very unlikely that you would that you would uh, be a COVID spreader if you've ha if you're fully vaccinated and test positive. Anne in Lancaster, you're on WBEN. How's it going? 
Hi, good, good. I just have a couple things. First of all, I, our family went through hell. My daughter is an ICU nurse, and these people, they have no idea what these poor young guys and girls and older go through taking, for these pe- taking care of these people who are dying. And now you have people coming in the emergency room. In, not here, I don't think, but saying, gee, I'm, I'm dying of COVID. Is it too late to get the vaccine? And as they're going on the ventilator, yeah, they, they pass away and they wish they had. And I am so tired of the politicizing. The Democrats will say, gee, it's the Trump lovers who aren't getting vaccinated. And the Trump lovers say, as the zip code you pointed out, in the city of Buffalo. And my concern is this is bad, bad disease, but what in gosh's name is out there waiting? We just had a gentleman land from Nigeria in Texas with monkeypox. Do you think that this this COVID-19 is the last thing that's going to happen? There could be things that are a hell of a lot worse. And then what is going to (laughs) happen? I mean, are they going to say, well, gee, there's some kind of contagious Ebola, monkeypox? Who knows? We have to start getting our ducks in a row for when something, God, God forbid, happens that's worse than COVID. And I appreciate the call and appreciate the sentiment. I, it's, it's, Jill, it goes to something we've been saying a while. You need to have this ability to depoliticize things yes. and have a rational conversation the, the, when looking at this in order to be able to, as Ann said and pointed out, respond accordingly. I, you know, I actually have, this is a bulletin from the World Health Organization. This is from back in 2011 when they were talking about H1N1. And they were talking about worst case thinking replacing a balanced risk assessment. And, you know, being motivated by fear and, you know, thinking that the danger that we face is so catastrophic and acting immediately and digging your heels in when, in reality, you don't want to create uh, what they called in this World Health Organization bulletin a pandemic of fear with exaggerated claims because once you, you know, make a claim, it's hard to bring that back yes right i I mean we've seen that countless times with uh, so many different things regarding covid right Uh, when it comes to masks how many people believe the first thing they heard on masks whether that first thing was that they don't work that you don't need to wear it or that you do need to wear it all the time by the way both coming from the same person so it's (laughs) very it, it is one of these things that we do need to pay attention to for as everyone speaking will uh, you know kind of remind you for the next or the worst thing that happens somewhere down the line hopefully never hopefully for uh, not a long time maybe it does never happen it would still be beneficial to everybody to be able to have a rational level head about these things instead of just kind of going to one extreme or the other and that that's the problem our, our politics have gotten extreme you're extreme one way or the other and we are politicizing things that don't need to be politicized and that is that one of those things the main thing right now is covid and the problem brian isn't just the the people on the extremes the problem is the people in elected office 
are playing politics. And this goes for people on the left and on the right are playing politics with a virus instead of just giving us the facts and giving us uh, and treating it what it is. COVID should have been something that united us. We should have united around fighting this and getting back to normal. And instead, everyone picked their corner. And that's where we stand. Angelo in Niagara Falls. You're on WBEN. How's it going? Fine, thank you. How are you guys? We're doing well. Uh, What's on your mind? I'll just tell you, initially, I was totally against the vaccine, not per se the vaccine, but I was so upset at the, I'm in Ontario, so in ranking of all the states and all the provinces, in a study, Ontario was last in regards to relaxing restrictions. So I just had no faith in them. But then I thought to myself, you know, maybe they'll ease things up and then I'll be restricted because I don't get the vaccine. So I go to the drugstore. I tell the lady, I don't listen to the news. I don't uh, read a newspaper. I just don't want to. And I know nothing about the vaccine. She goes, well, today's the last day for walk-in. I go, you mean I could have it now? She goes, yeah. I go, let's do it. Meanwhile, if you asked me the day before, I'd say no. So I, I did it. And I have no hesitation in telling people. And when I ask somebody, but it's a person I'll know to some degree, it isn't to find out if they have it or not. Our dilemma here is I got the two AstraZeneca because they pushed take whatever you can get. Well, now the AstraZeneca is not recognized in a lot of countries where you can't travel to them. So Quebec just now is offering a third dose. So because I... And I'm not being smart. Because I got two AstraZenecas, does that mean that potentially I require four doses? I I don't think so. And I I do think that some have come around. There was a question here in New York City, right, Uh, when Broadway was opening up, but only to vaccinated crowds. Well, if the border ever opened up, which it still hasn't, uh, to Canadians, that you wouldn't be able to come because it's not one of the, uh, you know, vaccines that's available here. They've changed that sense to any uh, World Health Organization vaccine. So maybe that will be changing in the very near future. And by the time people travel, maybe that can change a little bit. But I'm judging from the question itself, Angelo, that you um, not only don't care who knows, uh, you know, your vaccination status, but you also don't really care about having to provide that information to do certain things. No, because... uh it sounds silly, but the reason for me to, for me personally, to get the vaccine wasn't per se for health reasons or whatever, but it was just to have a piece of paper in case I'm doing something where they require it and I have the paper. Because I'll just say, myself and my mom, she lived to 92. I know COVID's different, but we never had a flu vaccine ever. And I never used a sick day in 36 years. Anything could happen. I could come down with it. But uh, I just, I was more so upset at their uh, slow walking of opening up. And I just didn't trust them. I uh, appreciate the call, Angelo. And uh, glad to hear that you're doing well up there in Niagara Falls. this, it's that is I think personally what I'm uncomfortable with, and, and that is this feeling that I, you know, listen, like I said, I 
I have no problem letting anyone know that I got the vaccine. Um, I was uh, helping people, you know, encouraging pe- my grandmother, driving her to go uh, and get a shot, you know, letting people know where to find it. I, I have no issue with any of that, with letting people know. But when you start talking about, well, the reason I got it was because I might not be able to go, you know, here or there. And I have to say, as an American, that it just makes me uncomfortable, right? And and it has nothing to do with this vaccine or a flu shot or anything else, but just the idea that, well, I'm only going to do this or get something or, you know, whether that's a future vaccine or some other sort of treatment because that's the only way I'll be able to, you know, fly to Italy or that's the only way I'll be able to get into this restaurant that I really like. I That line of thinking just does not sit well with me as right. someone who enjoys freedom as an American. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And it doesn't make you anti-vaccine. It doesn't make you... But it it is not the thinking that I'm, I'm very comfortable with. And that, I think, might uh, speak to why I'm not comfortable with a lot of the ways that the vaccine is being pushed out there. And that's coming from somebody who completely understands why all these doctors and health experts are acting with a great deal of urgency and why they want people to get vaccinated as soon as possible. But to use incentive systems like this, that's where I, it does not sit well with me to restrict your freedom of movement based on certain things like that. And like I said, I understand why you're doing it right now. I I get your thinking behind it. I don't think it's the right approach. And I think you are making people who uh, have said no, right, uh, just dig in a little bit further because it's, it's people who share those thoughts. It's clearly what's happening. I don't know how they, have, how they don't see it. Like, I understand to be in a political office, you have to have an ego, but eventually you have to come down to earth and just see how real people view you, and especially the people that you're trying to reach. They don't view you favorably. They're not going to listen to what you or a member of your administration saying. Like, I don't understand how a person can't see that after a few months now of trying to push this on people who don't feel comfortable getting the vaccine. I And listen, I... I think there's people out there who feel comfortable who don't care about the vaccine one way or another they don't feel comfortable with the push yeah no exactly <laughs> I think, exactly i think it's acting as a little bit of a detriment um and, and you know all these things that are being put into place whether it's a, a mandate or a, a quasi mandate like we saw announced in new york city yesterday i i think it is a little naive to look at everything that's going on and say well that our approach has absolutely nothing to do with uh, a slower uptake of this than we want. Because what was everybody talking about, Joe? If you rewound a year ago in July and in June, people could not wait for a vaccine. And that was, I think, a pretty widely held belief. I can't wait until we uh, get... And now somehow, with all of the messaging that's gone on, We've made that into most people say, I can't wait to get my hands on the vaccine. But I think there's a larger percentage who have been turned off in the last year from just talk, from not from the vaccine itself, but from the talk around it. Right. Uh, that somehow we've turned what everyone was getting behind and cheering for into 
you know, another point of contention here and something that's, uh, I guess, fueling the press conferences of politicians around the U.S. Sadly, not the last time we'll talk about COVID, but Brian, we are not talking about COVID tomorrow. Very special in-studio guest. I want everybody uh, to be, you know, getting ready for tomorrow. But right now, Joe, we have to shut it down. We'll be back. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.